Thank you, Father God. Thank you, praise team. The ushers will be putting the notes in your hand, and when they've done that, they'll be bringing the board in. The message tonight is one of importance, and uh, I trust you will receive as we're sharing with you, because we're going to be talking about one of the more misunderstood elements in the church today. We have touched on it a couple of times in the last few months, and tonight we're going to be touching on it again. And I can't tell you when I have had a, a message fought as much as this one. From the moment the Lord began to deal with me about what the message was on, my strength and my energy and my ability was attacked. And uh, I said, no, if I have to sit in a chair to bring the message, I'll do it. <laughs> Done it before. The word will not be stopped by a human vessel. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. As you get the notes, you'll notice the very top says, Prayer, power, for purpose. Prayer is power for purpose. Now then, if you would take your notes and go to page two and look at the bottom line because I want you to get this in your head and in your heart before we begin. Real prayer is never a request, but a receiving of a promise. Anytime you hear anybody say things like, please God, they're an idiot. Pastor, that's cruel, that's ugly, that's not nice. I'm just telling you the truth. When people start begging God, they're an idiot. They don't know God, they don't know the New Testament, and they don't understand prayer. No real believer ever prays a hard prayer. There is no reason to ever spend hours in prayer except when you are communing with God and drawing closer to Him in relationship. No problem, no need, no situ situation of your life should ever be the reason for elongated prayer. Well, Pastor, what if it ha doesn't happen as soon as I pray? What if you're a liar? <laughs> Those of you who are art students, Forget your commentary on my drawing. I want you to get this, the mind. This is thought. This is will. This emotion. the body this is feeling
the Spirit is the Now, if what you're praying originates here, it's not God. If what you're praying is incited by feelings, it's not God. And yet, in some of the most spiritual churches today, people get a, a tingle in their hikimoshai a pain in their head, a soreness in their throat, a tingling in their arm, and they think that is a reason for prayer. Never. I want you to get this. Not sometimes. Never. A prayer that originates in your thought life, in your will, in your emotions can never be pleasing to God. Why? Because the Word of God tells you the mind is carnal and it is the enemy of the Spirit. So if the prayer originates in your thought life, it's not God. It's not useful to God, and it will be painful to you. I told you Sunday that man is tripartite. He is a spirit, he has a mind, and he lives in a body. The body will perish if the Lord tarries. The thoughts, the mind and emotions, I've had people tell me they go on. I don't know. I know this. These are not eternal. What's in your spirit is. So for me, I can't give you chapter and verse. I don't think this is going with you because if it was the enemy of your spirit on earth, it'll definitely be the enemy of your spirit in heaven. And if your thoughts, your will, and your emotion get in the way of your prayer life here, how can they be pleasing to God there? Your thoughts just instantly get saved. Your memories instantly get saved. I've had people tell me, in heaven you'll remember everything. My Bible doesn't say that. My Bible says you'll know as you're known. How are you going to be known there as an eternal being? Therefore, that which is not eternal will not be known. I have people ask me, say, will we know one another there? I believe that depends on how you knew one another here. If you knew one another on a mental level, probably not. If you knew one another on a physical level, probably not. But people talk about someone being their soul mate. Someone who their spirits are knit together. That person 
But why would God allow you to spend eternity worried about someone who didn't make it? Plagued with someone that you had thoughts of or memories of? No. He said you'll know even as you are known, and I believe you'll be known on a spiritual level, not a carnal. Because the carnal existence is for this world. The eternal existence is for that. But I wanted you to begin thinking about this because so much of people's prayer is instituted by a feeling they had someplace. It's instituted by a thought, a determination of their will, or a, an emotion that they had. And all of those things are contrary to God's Word. So I want to talk to you from the Word of God for a moment tonight about prayer. The coming year will be a breaking forth of miraculous and supernatural occurrences like you have not witnessed in your lifetime. The Lord said this to me, the miraculous will begin to be commonplace among people who worship me. The miraculous and the supernatural will begin to become commonplace among people who worship me. You never worship God out of your body or out of your mind. You worship God. And I want to stop there for a second because many people, Pastor, what does it mean when the Scripture says, they that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth? If you do not understand that passage of Scripture, then you can't properly worship God. To worship God in spirit and truth is one, spirit. That which your spirit directs. You know how sometimes your spirit man just rises up and you just have to praise God. You may not have the mental attitude for it. You may be in the middle of the biggest trial of your life. You may be going through hard times or persecution. But all of a sudden, I was laying in a hospital bed one night. And I'd received reports that were anything but edifying. And it was quiet. And all of a sudden, something rose up. And I didn't have a mental reason to worship God. I didn't have a physical reason for God. In fact, I could give you a long list of reasons I had not to worship God. But tears just began to roll out of my eyes. And all of a sudden, I'm laying in a hospital bed and my hands are up. And I'm worshiping God and telling Him I love Him and just worshiping the Lord. That is worshiping in spirit. What is worshiping in truth? Worshiping in truth is when you take the truth of God's Word to you and you begin to celebrate Him in it. Father, I thank You that Your Word tells me with His stripes I was healed. I want to praise you that your word tells me you'll never leave me nor forsake me, that you go with me to the end of the age. Father, I just want to praise you and worship you because your word tells me you are my ever-present help in time of need. That is worshiping God in spirit and in truth. 
The first part in spirit is directed by your spirit, man, not by what you're thinking, not by what you're feeling, not by what's going on around you, not by your will saying, you know, I think I'll just worship God because I haven't done it in a while. If your mind directs it, it's out of order. If your flesh directs it, it's out of order. And yet, in most churches, a feeling in somebody's body is a reason for the prayer chain. A thought in somebody's head, a fear, an emotion, is the reason for the prayer tower to just shut down and get on their case immediately. Church, it don't work that way. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all the natural things you need will be added unto you. How do I seek His kingdom and His righteousness? His kingdom is a very real form of government that God wants operating in the earth, and it is a spiritual government. It is not of elected men or women. It's spirit-led direction for the church, corporately and individually. So when you're seeking the kingdom, you're seeking what God wants done in His body, in His earth. And it will supersede and overtake every government of the earth. But seek first His kingdom and being in right standing with Him. What does it mean to be in right standing with Him? I am aligning with His new covenant in every aspect to which it addresses my life. I cannot align with the way the new covenant addresses heaven, angels, the future, the past, but I can where it establishes His will and my participation in it. So to worship or to seek first the kingdom of God in your worship is preparing yourself to see His spiritual government implemented in your mind, in your spirit, in your body, in your family, in your church, and for you to as close as you can come into communion with His new covenant word so you are in right standing with Him. I want to stop for a second. It has nothing to do with whether you smoke, drink, curse, or any of those things. Righteousness is not the avoidance of sin. One more time, in case somebody has lied to you. Righteousness is not the avoidance of sin. Righteousness is compliance with His will. Now that will affect sin, but when you're trying to avoid sin, that's your mind, not your spirit. The kingdom comes before our will, before our plan, before our pursuits. If you really want to have a strong prayer life, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first to be in alignment with His new covenant word before you start thinking about your will, plan, and pursuits. And I'll tell you this, if you do, 
those things that your will, plan, and pursuits would be attached to will be met by doing seek first. In Matthew 6, 9 through 13, sometimes I have to laugh at the gullibility of people. In the last million years being in the ministry, I've had people tell me, I pray the Lord's Prayer three times a day. One, there is no such thing as the Lord's Prayer. Number two, it is not a prayer. The pastor of the church I went to, they taught us to pray that prayer every day, as many times a day as we could. It is not a prayer. It is an outline for prayer. It's a pattern. It is not a prayer. It's a pattern for how to formulate prayer. If someone hands you their outline for their sermon, is that the message? Understand this. This is not the Lord's Prayer. It's the disciples' request. Teach us how to pray. And so he says, here is a pattern for what your prayer should contain. Pray in this way. Our Father who art in heaven, always exalt lordship. Because the kingdom of God is about lordship. A prayer without lordship is sadly lacking in direction. Our Father who art in heaven, why is it important to identify the location? Because that is the seat of all rule, and so you're hooking up with kingdom when you're hooking up with heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your name is worthy to be worshipped and to be praised. However, his name is not name. You see, it says, hallowed be thy name. It doesn't give you the name, so it's not your prayer. It's an outline for it. His name is Jehovah, Lord of hosts. Your kingdom come. What was the first thing he said that we should seek? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day is not written in the, in the request mode. It is a declaration mode. You will give us this day. Why? Because we are praying your kingdom come, your will be done. You will give us this day our daily bread. You're not praying and asking for bread. You're decreeing that it is done because you're following the seek ye first. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. God said, if you come before me and you have aught against another, get that fixed before you come to me. This part of the outline addresses that admonition. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Which side of the cross was this outline given? So he's telling a bunch of people who are not born again, whose spirits are still dead, you need to pray about temptation. After salvation, if you're worshiping in spirit and truth, temptation will begin to fall by the wayside. 
For yours is the kingdom, right back to number one again, and the power and the glory forever. So be it. An outline for prayer, not a prayer. Man, the tripartite composite must learn to forsake need, want, feelings, will, emotion, and follow the Spirit. A good way to enter into prayer is to begin worshiping God for who He is and what He has done. We have said it many times here, but the average church person thinks praise music is fast and worship music is slow. But the Word of God defines it differently. The Word of God says praise is when you talk about what He's done. Worship is when you talk about who He is. Do you understand the difference? Praise talks about what you've done. You're my healer, my deliverer, my savior, my God, my ever-present help. What He has done for you. Worship talks about you're the bright and morning star. You're the everlasting Father. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're the God of all creation. I talked to Daddy God, and I began, Daddy God, I thank you that you're Jehovah, Lord of hosts. You're God most high. You're God of all creation. You're God and Father of our anointed Redeemer, Yeshua. And you do all things well. Have you not said it, and will you not bring it to pass? I am worshiping God for who He is. Then we get into what he's done. I thank you that you saved me, that you healed me, that you delivered me, that you called me into your ministry. Praise and worship can flow together. They do not have to be independent of one another. But never let need, want, feelings, your will, your emotions, Dictate your prayer life. Follow your spirit man. I've had people who had trouble getting into an attitude of prayer. And I told them, find a song like we just preceded the message with. And just start worshiping God with that song. We worship and adore you. Bowing down before you. What are you doing? You're creating an atmosphere for your spirit man to rise up. How many times do I have to sing it, Pastor? Well, that depends on how, to, how out of touch your spirit is. If your spirit hadn't been in touch with God in a long time, you may have to sing it three or four times just to get your spirit up enough that it can talk. But by worshiping God in, in song, you're putting the jumper cables on your spirit to ignite it to the point you can hear from it. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Would you stop at that point? When you begin to depend on the Holy Spirit... Holy Spirit, direct me to where I should pray. 
and he will start directing you to the word. All of a sudden, you, you have words of promise, words from the new covenant that start coming alive in you. That's the Holy Spirit directing you where you need to be praying. Now you can worship him in the spirit and in truth by putting those things the spirit brings to you into your prayer. For he will not speak on his own initiative. The Holy Spirit will never say, Lou, you know what I think you need? Jerry, I've been watching you and uh, here's what I think you really need to pray about. No, he's going to always take you to the word because he is the spirit of truth. He is not the spirit of opinion. Not sure why I'm ringing tonight, but... Uh, huh? Okay. But whatever he hears, he will speak. Who does he hear it from? And what does the Spirit do? He records what the Father has said. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. All of a sudden, he's leading you into prophetic prayer. And you go, wait a minute, what, what, what is this going on in me? He's showing you things to come, and as you pray them out, you become committed and hooked up to their occurrence. I want you to understand this. There are a lot of people who claim to be prophets. And they're not. I do not claim to be a prophet. But many times I sit down with people and they'll be telling me, I've had this prophecy and that prophecy and this prophecy and that prophecy. And I'll go, are you ready to hear from God? I got a call this week from a young man who came to me. He doesn't go to this church. He goes to another church in another city. And uh, a number of people had prophesied to him about his marriage being reunited and his wife returning to him and they prophesied up a street of roses that they were going to walk on. And I'm sitting there listening to all these prophecies. He's got this book with all these prophecies he's been given. And I said, when are you going to face the truth? And he said, what? It shocked him. And I said, your wife is gone. She's already decided and she's not coming back. And in my spirit, I hear God saying it's over and you need to face it. And he looked at me with his mouth open. But I've got all these prophecies. And I said, they're a crock. He wanted to tell me who had prophesied. I don't care who prophesied, they're a crock. Why? I heard in my spirit, God. That means everything you're telling me is a lie because it's contrary to what I'm hearing God say. What do I do? Get ready. He went back to his home town, and when he got there, she had packed his bags and set them out. And he didn't have to meditate a long time on whether the words he'd got were right or what I said was right, because the bags are packed and setting out, and she's changed the door lock. That makes it pretty clear. 
But church, after a while, you learn to listen to this. And when this speaks something, you go with it. Because the spirit never misses. The mind misses all the time. Understand this. There are a lot of well-meaning, ill-advised, uninformed people in church who will prophesy to you at the drop of a handkerchief and usually they carry two or three extras in case you don't have one to drop. I've said this to you before. If you listen to a parking lot prophet, that's someone who won't take you before eldership or ministers of the body. They want to get you alone in the parking lot, alone in the Sunday school room. Uh, they want to get you to a restaurant and give you their prophecy over coffee and donuts. You're an idiot if you listen. Capital I-D-I-O-T. Why? Real prophecy is able to stand up and a real man or woman of God speaking to your life will get an eldership that you're already connected to and say, I want you to judge this. If they don't want what they've got to say to be judged, it's a crock. Jesus himself said, I can do nothing on my own initiative. I'm the son of God. And yet, because I am married to an earthen vessel, I can't trust it. What does on my own initiative mean? I can do nothing on my own initiative, only that which comes of the Spirit. Now, if that is the Son of God married to carnality, how much more to us who are carnality married to the Spirit of God? As I hear, not as I think, wish, want, decide, as I hear, I judge. I want you to understand when he says I judge, that doesn't mean I judge you for your sin, for your evil. No, I judge the situation for what is and what is not God. There's a world of difference in judging you and judging a situation. And my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will. I get my carnality out of the way. But the will of him who sent me, I am in tune with the Spirit. And this will never interfere with what I'm doing. I found something interesting as the Lord led me to look this up today. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Well, Pastor, I was made with two of them. No, 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 no. We're not talking about the carnality here. Have you got your spirit tuned to where you can hear from God? Well, yes, Pastor, when I get alone and begin to worship God, once you get your spirit tuned to God, I've been sitting in a movie theater 
watching, I don't know, Clint Eastwood or somebody, and have God start talking to me standing in a movie theater. I keep a notepad beside my toilet. I keep a notepad on my nightstand. I keep a notepad beside my chair where I sit and watch television because God just has his way of deciding when he wants to start talking. And so whenever he does, I don't go, God, we're not in church. Wait, God, I wasn't in prayer. I don't have a tie on. Once you get your spirit man tuned, you can hear God in the midst of a crowd. You can hear God in a totally non, a movie theater. And I remember when I was a kid, they taught you that you'd go straight to hell if you ever went to one. But I've met God in movie theaters. He didn't talk to me about the movie. Never had him say, you know, John Wayne just made a really good point there. He just starts talking about things he wants me to know or hear, understand. And I've got to turn this off and just listen here. You will never find me when I don't have a pen and a piece of paper in my pocket. Because I never know when God's going to talk. I've had it happen in a staff meeting. And I jot down what he says and just keep on trucking, come back to it. Because if it's God, you can always pick it up again. I said, if it's God, you can always pick it up again. Because when God tells you something, he wants you to know it. And all you have to do is get quiet and it'll come back. Well, Pastor, I, I thought I heard the Lord say something, but I forgot it. It wasn't the Lord. But he who has an ear to hear, he who is spiritually attuned, let him hear what the Spirit says. Now you'll find that mentioned in Revelations 229, 3.22, 2.11, 3.13, 2.7. Do you begin to see a pattern there? In Revelation, the book that you get rewarded for reading once you become a mature Christian, there's a reward promise for reading that book and understanding it, but you will never understand it with your head. That's why there are 47,000 interpretations of the book of Revelation, and 99.9% .9 of them are wrong. <coughs> Prayer is of and from the word of truth. Prayer is from and of the word of truth, or of and from the word of truth. The word of truth should be at the basis of every prayer you pray. Father, your word says. That's your authority to talk to God. Prayer is led by the spirit of truth. It's not led by your wants, your needs, your wishes, your desires, your hungers, your feelings, your anger, your temperament. If your prayer is led by the needs of your life, you are not praying. Pastor, I don't believe that. Well, be a loser. How much success have you had praying need prayers, want prayers, desire prayers? There are people that have been praying for something 30 years, don't have it, and will fight you for their right to keep praying the same stupid prayer. 
Jesus said, don't think because of your much saying that you will be heard. If you're not praying based upon a promise of God's word, you're not praying. If you're not praying based upon something the Holy Spirit revealed to you, you're not praying. There is no such thing as a need-based prayer or want-based prayer or feeling-based prayer or I-wish prayer. If you want to do I-wish, go to Disneyland. If you want to hear from God, go to It Is Written in your new covenant. Real prayer is never a request, but a receiving of a promise. Pastor, I don't know where you get that. Mark eleven twenty four. But when you pray, believe right then that you receive what you prayed, and you will have it. But if you don't believe that you receive it when you prayed, you don't have a promise of ever getting it. Well, Pastor, when I get it, I'm going to thank God. You ain't going to get it. Because prayer is about taking God at His Word, not at His performance. One more time. Prayer is about taking God at His Word, not His performance. And yet I have people tell me, Well, Pastor Jim, when I feel better, I'm going to thank God that I'm healed. He didn't say when you feel better. He said when you pray. And you're not praying until you're saying, Father, I thank you. It is written, with his stripes I am healed. I thank you that I am the healed of the Lord. Well, Pastor, I don't believe that worked. I do. That's why tonight when I barely got the strength to stand up, my heart has been in atrial fibrillation for over three months. The doctor doesn't understand how I'm walking. But I am praising God. And I'm celebrating his victory. And I can tell you this, with his stripes I was healed. I have a new heart. Well, Pastor, where is it? I don't know. I didn't know for seven months where my ability to walk and talk again was coming from. Except I knew who it was coming from. My help cometh from the Lord. So if I have to hold on to the pulpit to get to the end of a message to tell you the truth because I've been fought so hard this afternoon I barely had the strength to get here. I know that message is important. Amen. I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm not going to hide from you. I know of many pastors who are dead today because they tried to hide their physical problem from the church. They went on a sabbatical. They told the church they were going on a sabbatical and they went to a cancer hospital in Galveston and never got out. The church never knew anything was wrong until they were dead. Now I'm telling you, not so you can pray your feelings, your wants, your desires, but so you can watch the word work. You saw it in 07, 08. You're seeing it again now. Well, Pastor, how many times do you get attacked before you don't get attacked anymore? What difference does it make if I win every time? A man will never become a heavyweight contender if he goes, how many fights do I have to win to be a world champ? No, you fight as many fights as it takes till you got the belt. As a believer, 
I want you to understand, it is not a road of roses. In this world, you're going to have hell. But be of courage, courage, I overcame the world. If you get aligned with me, you'll overcome it too. That's what that verse says. In the world, you'll have tribulation. Hell's going to break loose. But get happy, be encouraged. I've overcome it. Hook up with me and you will too. Church, I got good news for you. This is a great year. Supernatural abundance is being poured forth. God is doing marvelous, marvelous, wonderful things on behalf of this body. His word is being fulfilled on your behalf. Find the promises of God. Lay hold of them. And don't be moved by how long it takes, who believes you, who sides with you. You don't really need anybody to side with you. But in this body, in this body, you'll find people that if you've got a promise from God, they'll side with you. But stop being an idiot and asking them to pray with you about feelings, wants, wishes, desires. If you don't have a passage of Scripture you're standing on, you don't have a prayer. But pastor, what if there's not a scripture on this? Then you shouldn't have it because my word says they're exceeding great and precious promises that pertains to everything that pertains to life and godliness. So if you're, prepared, if you're trying to pray for something that is outside God's word, something is messed up with you. Because he addresses everything that should be going on in your world. Now, did y'all get anything tonight? I pastor the wealthiest group of people in the wealthiest church the world has ever seen. The healthiest, wealthiest, wisest, most blessed and anointed people that have ever walked the face of the earth. You have an appointment with success and nothing shall by any means harm you. You're loved, you're blessed, go with God.